Welcome back to the Cutaways Podcast. I'm Justine. And I'm Ashley. And I've missed you. (laughs) I've been gone for a very long time. Yes, through the magic of editing, we actually did like the last six episodes in like two days or something crazy. Yeah. Two or three days. It was, I feel like, yeah, it was, it was probably three days. Yeah. And that was a while ago, but um, we're back in real time and uh, I feel like we may have gotten a bit surly um, watching, <laughs> you know, binge watching those 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 movies. Most likely, yeah. I think by the end we were just exhausted. <laughs> All right, but now we're back. We're refreshed. Okay, every week on our show we uh, turn on Netflix and watch a romantic comedy from Netflix, and we watch them in chronological order. We started way back in 1918, and we're doing this to, you know have fun, and learn about romantic comedies in, in, in the context that is on Netflix. So, Ashley, what are we what are we doomed to watch today? Today we are watching 1949's Adam and Evelyn. We're not 100% sure the actual title of this, because uh, IMDb lists it as Adam and Evelyn without the E, and then there's other ones that have an E and don't have an E. So yeah, it's there's just... different spellings of Evelyn to kind of get that Eve context yeah. to it. Yeah, definitely trying to go for the E. Um, but this is also our last movie in the 1940s. Yay! Netflix has this movie at one hour and 32 minutes mm-hmm. uh, with the description of when his best friend dies charismatic gambler takes in his orphaned daughter and as she matures into a refined young woman falls in love with her it's so creepy why do we get creepy why why are people creepy i don't know why in the 40s it was creepy like why this wasn't creepy because this is creepy okay (laughs) why this wasn't a creepy thing in the 40s yeah no offense but if i like took in your son Mm -hmm. after you died and then fell in love with this this son. I don't think... I feel like I would not be okay with myself. Yeah, <laughs> like, there's, like, the age gap to start with. Yeah. And then there's, like, the whole, like... It's like, it's, it's your kid. Yeah, like, you see the... Ref- yeah, you've t- grown, grown up with this... Or you've watched this child grow up. Mm-hmm. And how could you not get the, get the image of this child out of your head as even as they grow up because there's that whole adage that to your parents you're always your their little girl or their little boy mm-hmm. and like they never get that image out of your head like even your grandparents have that so I would think that if just based on the description if it's like a best friend kind of situation it's treated as like he was her like uncle figure in yeah. her life so yeah I hope she like totally rebuffs him and calls him creepy i don't know it's i'm getting lolita vibes Mm. it's just (laughs) yeah not exciting surprisingly it has three and a half stars on netflix though Mm -hmm. um it also stars Stuart granger hopefully not related to hermione granger (laughs) gene simmons edwin styles and was directed by harold french Mm mm-hmm I'm um, not excited to watch yay! this. <laughs> I am deeply disturbed by this. I can just tell you, Ashley, the movies are going to get better. <laughs> Have we reached the 60s yet? No. I am ready for some comedic tantric lovemaking. 
we're not there yet <laughs> just just give it time let's get through this let's just let's get through this <laughs> let's let's not cry the 50s the 50s are next mm-hmm. we're getting there okay we just watched adam and evelyn evelyn <laughs> yeah she's evelyn because this movie was evil <laughs> <laughs> And <laughs> gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See what I did there? Oh, I loved every minute of it. I was amused by the movie. Like, I was amused of how bad it was. Like, I was, I was, I don't know. I was amused at how unaware these characters were were of the real world. Like, there was no real world around these characters except for the world that they lived in. I was most amused that the butler's name was Bill Murray. (laughs) (laughs) That added a a level of flair to it that I think was unprepared and is probably the only reason why this movie has three and a half stars. That helped. That helped. (laughs) That helped a lot. Okay. Um, So it was a British. Definitely a British movie. British. It was a horrible conversion. Yes. It looked like it was playing back at like... 20 frames per second at least and yeah it wasn't it, it was stuttery it looked like really bad stop motion animation mm-hmm. at times yeah don't watch if you get like headaches easily yeah that no. sort of thing not only was i slightly bored of it halfway through i was like just tired of watching like robot moves throughout the frame they're british robots it was yeah. doctor who doctor who would have been better at this time period. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, do you want to start from the beginning, then? Yeah, um, so we're introduced to Evelyn mm-hmm. first. Um, they're really laying on the whole Adam and Eve thing. Why? Why? I don't know. Why? No reason. Spoiler alert, no, no reason. reason. <laughs> yeah. No reason whatsoever. Her name is just I would be, just the way that it's spelled, it should be Evelyn, mm-hmm. because there is no E after that V, if I remember correctly from the spelling. The, it's spelled three different ways, depending yeah. on where you look. But there's there's never a an E, it's always an A or just a VL. It is, the original title was with an E. Oh, well... On IMDb, it's with an A and without the E, and on without the E at the end. And then on Netflix, it's with the A and an E at the end. Yeah, and then the poster that I just saw, it mm-hmm. was E-V-L-Y-N. E. And E. Right, like how it is on the original? Yeah. without Well, without the E. Oh. Like was how no e. it is on IMDb. Yeah. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's something they were, I don't know, maybe because people didn't know how to pronounce it, it wasn't culturally marketable, but her name, yeah, they they wanted it for the Adam and Eve thing. Yeah. But they really, it was not successful. Yeah, it's actually, this was supposed to be based off, or this is supposedly based off of two silent films mm-hmm. with the same type of general storyline. The beginning reminded me a lot of The Little Princess. Yeah. Um, where she's at the orphanage. She's... It reminded me a lot of Annie. Yes, they reference that, too. Yeah. They call her Orphan Annie. But she's at an orphanage. She's 
taking care of all of the little boys. Yeah, she's 16. Yeah. And she's in charge of making sure the little boys all go to bed. Yep. And that's where we're opening up, is her putting all the little boys to bed. Mm-hmm. Which, the, the conversion was so distracting at this point, I don't, I didn't really catch everything that was going on. Um, but eventually it kind of is brought out that all of the kids believe that Evelyn, Evelyn, <laughs> sorry. I don't know, we'll say it both ways. Yeah. Her father doesn't exist. She believes, or everyone around her believes that she's lying about her father. Right. and Because she's been getting letters <clears throat> from her dad. Yes. Like, just recently mm-hmm. that, and she'd never, she didn't know her father before now, and she, I guess, was just left at this orphanage after her mom died. Who her knows? mom is never referenced ever. No. We don't really know the backstory of how she ended up there, but she's yeah. there. She's been getting letters recently. Yeah. From her father, even sent a picture. Yes. This um. nice, skinny, mustachioed man. <laughs> yeah, but of course, her those people don't believe her. And the letter has said that he was going to come get her. Soon. Soon. Yeah. And she's, it was like 10 months, this is 10 months after the letters first start coming, I think is what they said. I don't know, that was like a little vague. It kind of like get that but then there's like this weird dissolve cut i love that it like there's the picture of the dad in the locket and the the camera like zooms into the picture yeah and then cross dissolves into adam yeah (laughs) who is uh who obviously was the man in the picture yes in the locket and he's like gambling and talking to people and i guess uh he's he's a bookie essentially. He he runs this illegal gambling mm-hmm. thing out of his apartment as well as... Other people's apartments. It's, yeah, other people's apartments. It's just this huge racketeering network. Yep. Essentially. And uh, they, like, have, like, this weird conversation, which they're... Then this dude randomly shows up who just happens to be Evelyn's real father. Well, they're besties. Yeah, they're... Which re- that wasn't really established... Very well. It seemed yeah. more like Kirby was, like, a client Yeah, of it seemed... Because Adam, like, it seems like everybody who talks to Adam is, like, his servant. Yeah, and that's how he treats everybody, too. Yeah. It's even, like, this, the woman that he's supposedly, like, been dating for so long, he talks to her as if she is either employed by him in some way or so, in some way responsible for whatever his needs are. Mm -hmm. At this point, I think it's somewhat hinted that he wants to get out of this racket. I know it's not true or something, or maybe someone's telling him to. I don't, I never really got that impression. I wasn't really clear on the dialogue at this point. Yeah, I just, because we were going from like introducing one character to another character to like a third character all within the span of a minute. Yeah, and there's lots of people also playing yeah, and there's lots of things going on around, and I, like, was having a hard time kind of understanding, because at the same time that all of this other stuff is going on, they're, they're talking kind of, like, super fast as they're moving, and there wasn't that, pa- like, pacing as to where you could take it in. It was right, just, yeah. You're just meeting these people, and then, like, oh, God, information. <laughs> yeah, and you're, you're having to, like, constantly process that information, but at the same time try and understand 
understand it. And you gotta understand, like, the relationships. Yeah. Like, who are these people to each other? Yeah, it, it was very quick. It, it reminded me, it was similar in its pacing and how it had everything kind of cut together, like Miranda did, where it was just, like, little scene vignettes. We never really saw people doing anything except for when, well, Kirby dies, but... Yeah, it's a, I thought it was a little better than that than Miranda, another British movie. It's definitely, it definitely had, like, a more f- flow mm-hmm. to it and, like, a connectability to it, but it definitely was, like, we talked about this thing, now we're going to this, this section, and then now we're going to this, and right. this is where, like, this happened, but I'm going to tell you about it kind of thing. Right. Okay, so Chris comes over... And they have something about, Chris is a jockey, and there's going to be horse racing tomorrow. And I think he was talking with Adam about something about the odds of winning or something. Some sort of gambling insight. Yeah, it was his way of, he wanted, as a jockey, you're not allowed to place bets. Mm-hmm. But he was. He was going to throw the race. He was going to take gonna, the fall. He was going to take the fall. So that he would then end up with this certain amount of money that he was going to go and get his daughter back and, like, actually take care of her. Well, he didn't mention the daughter. All he said was, do you still have that extra room in your, like, summer home or something? Oh, okay. He hadn't and mentioned then, her yet. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And then Adam's like, yeah, sure. Well, and then um, Chris was like, well, I gotta talk to you about that. And, of course, Adam's like, I'll talk to you about it tomorrow. Yeah. And then they go to the race. Yep. Kirby takes the fall. Mm-hmm. And gets trampled by his horse and becomes obviously a dummy, laying in the, the the mud and grime of the horse race. Which this horse race was like a real live event that they recorded. It was B-roll. Yeah, it was like real live B-roll of this random horse race, which had it wasn't like a horse race in America where they just run. It was like they had actual jumps and they yeah. were doing somewhat like tricks and kind it was of like stuff. horse hurdles yeah yeah which is very different from the horse horses that we yeah think about over here in the ambulance chris is still alive for the moment chris kirby he's still alive at the he's moment still alive and it's he's in dire condition adam is in the ambulance with him and that's where he tells him you gotta take my daughter or something. It was very, um... It was so drawn out. It was just, like, dude, you're, like, my best friend. Mm-hmm. Like, I know this hasn't been, like, established or whatever, but you're, like, my best friend. <laughs> and, like, I have this daughter that you don't know about that right. I've never told anyone about. Who's 16. Who's 16, and she's, like, at this orphanage. Yep. And I promised I was gonna come and get her. Yep. And, like... Dude, you have to take care of her for me. Without even telling him that he was posing as yeah, him. Yeah, there was, like, this whole, for no reason, logic, whatever, logic was thrown out the window in this writing room where Adam was being used and basically, like, his identity was stolen. Right. Chris was signing his letters as Adam Black. Yes, And yes. sent... The picture, the photo that we see, as Adam saying, I'm your father. Yeah, and... For what reason? <laughs> Did he know he was going to die? Uh, <laughs> yes, I guess. I just... It just seemed like a plot point that didn't matter to the story at all. Like, he could have... He could have still been her guardian without having to have... Do you think... This posing as it? 
Do you think Chris wanted Evelyn to have the better life because Adam had more money? Well, yeah, like that's that's where it kind of comes down to it. But at the mm-hmm. same time, to 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 tell this story, mm-hmm. it wasn't necessary. At, like, yeah, at all, it wasn't necessary. I think they wanted to establish all the lying, lots of lying. There's lies all the way through this movie. Yeah, and the at the end when she like totally is okay with being lied to or like her entire life that seemed odd to me yeah so if you imagine like in Les Mis when Fantine is giving over her child to To Jean Valjean Valjean. it's just like that I'm dying take care of my baby yeah that that exchange which we've seen it's whatever but it's the lying not as like heart strung No. no 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 like Oh my god, you poor thing. No, this was like, what is happening? Yeah. (laughs) This was was more like two dudes in the back of an ambulance cuddling with one another, questioning the legitimacy of this movie. (laughs) You have a kid? Okay, uh, bye. Who is your kid? Like, how does does he even know where to go? How? Okay, now you're just trying to get logic. (laughs) No logic. Logic is needed sometimes. Okay, so Adam surprisingly ends up finds the orphanage. Yeah. And uh, goes in there and asks for um, Evelyn. Evelyn. Yeah. Uh, Evelyn. 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 <laughs> so he meets her under the guise that he's her father. Yeah. Like, that's how it, everyone believes automatically. He doesn't even really get a word in. Right. He meets, like, the head matron or whatever. Yeah. And she's like, oh, you're the father? And he's like, I don't know. And she's like, ah, she's kind of expecting her dad. And he's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're doing this to protect her. To protect, like, what? Her mental, like, her I don't know. Mental... She's not unstable or anything. Yeah. Like, she's a 16-year-old girl. Like, what? else is she supposed to like don't break her heart just lie to her for you know forever but is it (laughs) she's been in an orphanage for her basically her entire life Uh uh-huh and everyone's just lying to her because they believe that she's gonna fall apart she's been in an orphanage her entire life i'm pretty sure she can deal with some shit yeah i've seen annie (laughs) yeah (laughs) like she could probably deal with more crap than adam could Mm mm-hmm because I think he was the one, he couldn't even, like, actually have the conversation with her. He kept trying to send everybody else to do it. Like, like, let's not, let's not hurt her feminine sensibilities. Because they're fragile. Alright, okay, so, what happened? He meet her, she's, he's like, I'm your dad. She's like, yay! And then takes her home. Yeah. Like, he quite, like, he, he tries to tell the truth in the beginning, but then he, like, meets just, her Just and, looks in her eyes. Yeah. Just in her little doe eyes. And you just can't. Yeah. You can't tell the truth, but she's just like, what? Tell me. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, you don't even know this girl. You don't even know what she, how she's going to react. Let's just take, let's just take her home mm-hmm. under the guise that you are her father. Yep. To this house and not be honest with her. Yeah, and, just lie to her forever. That was the option. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't, like, a, an honesty clause in this agreement. No. Okay, so, um, we meet his butler. Yes. Who, at the beginning, is, like, the only sensible adult. That's what I wrote down. It's because his name is Bill Murray. <laughs> <laughs> but he, like, 
He's like, daughter? Where did you get a daughter? And tries to convince him yeah. that it's not good for her to go through this. Then Adam's like, yeah, you're right. You, you tell go her. tell her. <laughs> and then Murray goes in and he can't tell her because she's too Call precious. Bill Murray. <laughs> then Bill Murray. <laughs> It's the only way to make this movie better. Just picture Bill Murray. It's hilarious. Okay, so Bill Murray is has been sent to go tell her the truth. But he 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 clams up and he can't do it. And I, I think because he see he recognizes She's her so ex- full of hope. Yeah. Yeah, and but Adam just straight up lies to her. Like he doesn't he doesn't know her at all. He recognizes her excitement. At the fact that she actually has somebody that mm-hmm. she can call her own, is what she kept saying. But, yeah, she's never, that was like, she's never had anything of her own except for her dad. Yeah. Aww. Oh. Now, remember, dear listeners, the description of this movie. This is, like, the first 45 minutes. <laughs> we are 45 minutes into this movie at this point. The next morning... Uh, Evelyn is singing in the in the bathroom really fucking early in the morning, uh, because at the orphanage she was expected to to be up before the boys to to take care of them. And up at six. Up at six in the summer, and in the winter, five in the summer. Five and oh yeah, five in the summer. Crazy. Um, so she yeah she's singing really loudly and off key as she's drawing a scalding hot bath. Yeah, because she's never seen a, a bath with two. Two spouts. Yeah. Or with one spout. I'm sorry. She's used to the, the ones with the multiple spouts for yeah. different... Yeah, and Adam comes in and he's like, what nonsense is this? And is just teaching her how to use the shower. He's exhausted, too, because he's been up gambling all night. Yeah. And he gives her some bath salts and says, have fun. Yeah. <laughs> Which has a completely different... Because, well, no, she asks what they're for. Oh. Yeah. He's, she's like, he hands her the bath salts and he's like, here, have some bath salts. And she's like, what are these for? And he just answers with fun as he leaves. <laughs> <laughs> she brings him breakfast in bed. That's yeah, something. just because. Yeah, I don't know. She's very grateful. She's very grateful to him. Brings him breakfast in bed. And then Adam's like, you need to go shopping. Yeah. Bill Murray, take her shopping. <laughs> And he's like, no, you should take her shopping, sir. And they, like, they go back and forth about who should go take them, who should go take each shopping. And Bill Murray's like, but, sir, I'm colorblind. (laughs) And it's like, that's not really an excuse, dude. Like, do the clothes look good or not? You don't need to look at the color. Yeah, plus, in that day and age, they have someone pick out the clothes for you. Exactly. Like, it was just the men would go, they would chill in their little smoking rooms. Yeah, and then the, the people at the shop would go and dress you yeah and then i don't know whatever but, um adam ends up taking her shopping i don't know even though they agreed that bill <laughs> would take her shopping this was like the com- confu- the most confusing cut ever because you went from adam and bill and evelyn in their in his bedroom and they're fighting going back and forth and lands on Bill, and he doesn't have a comeback, so obviously he's supposed to be taking her shopping. Mm -hmm. But then we get uh, the next cut. In the store. In the store of Adam and Evelyn walking in with no Bill. Right. They left Bill Murray at home. (laughs) To vacuum. To vacuum at 8 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) 
<laughs> which I don't know if that's like a thing, but apparently it is. Whatever. They get clothes, and then um, they get back home, showing off the clothes. But then Adam tells her that he and Bill Murray have some night business. So well, this is after they get into a fight over what color the dress oh, is. Oh yeah, who cares about that? It was weird. It was like. I don't, I don't know if it was just supposed to be, like, a comedy thing of the day of men just fighting over, like, women's clothing. Because the way that she was, like, going back and forth and picking up all of the clothes and, like, clutching them like crazy and then hiding, like, going off and running into her and putting them in her bedroom. It was just weird. It was weird for them to be, like, fighting about the color of the dress. I don't know. I don't... I don't I, know the point. If you know the point, please tell us. Yeah. We okay. need, we need help on that. So then... They, okay, so they're not telling her about the gambling, is the thing. Because in the letters. Oh, that's right. In the the letters, um, Chris, as Adam, said that Chris was a gambler. And she straight off off the bat said, I don't like your best friend Chris because he's a dirty gambler. Yes. So we can't share the whole gambling business thing. They use the code name as little gamies. Yep. They're little gamies. We're gonna go play some little gamies now. Weird. Yep. So then... We go into the weird feet POV montage. Yeah. Where it's just, you see their feet. Evelyn wanted to go tour London by bus. And then we just see their feet tour London because I guess they didn't have any footage of London. Just of some people's feet going up and down stairs and waiting in lines. Yeah, it wasn't... Um, when we did, we're doing our research, I don't know if this plays into it at all because I couldn't find, like, a connection with this montage, but they had a lot of problems, um, with, uh, different unions on this movie where there were, there were several walk-offs that, uh, halted the production, mm-hmm. so I don't know if this was just something that they, they needed to get something shot, so this was something easy that they could do without the actors Without really, like, a huge amount of effort Mm -hmm. or crew. Um, But it was weird. It was a weird, like, transition montage thing to to go tour London without actually seeing London. But you know what, too? You could totally, like, feel, like, that weird sexual connection. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, when they go on the bus, um, as soon as it starts, she instantly falls into him and then stays close. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was... Yeah, this is where we started our vomiting. This is, yeah, this is where, like, a foot fetish person would really enjoy this montage. (laughs) Rent this movie if you've got a foot fetish. There's an endorsement right there. (laughs) (laughs) That's my review. (laughs) If you could, if you could review this movie in one line. Yep. They get back to their, their flat, and... They run into some people, and he's avoiding telling people who she is. He doesn't say daughter. Yeah, because it's, like, thrown into suspicion as to why she's there all of a sudden. Why this young, beautiful woman is staying with this man. Yeah, this mustachioed man. Yes. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're, everyone's curious about Evelyn. Everyone asks her, or about her. And then when they go upstairs, Adam's girlfriend... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, did I skip something? I just want to point out, right before that happens, he gives her the family heirloom. Oh, yeah. That he 
got as payment. Payment, yeah. And, like, and he tells her it's a family heirloom of his. Like, he's just lie after lie. Relationship based on lies. Yes, but they fall in love, Justine. (laughs) Yep. Okay, so then, yes, Moira, the, the girlfriend, comes over. Um... Out of nowhere. Like, she... She it, tends to do that. Yeah, she, like, materialized, like, out of the shadows. She just, like, is, like, uh, Corella DeVille all, like, in her furs. And yeah, and she always has a creep. car waiting, so she's like, bye. Yeah. And she just, she had this air of... She's up sketchy. to no good. Yeah, she was sketchy as all hell. Yeah. She's kind of, like, a villain. In the, like, way that she's acting and the lighting oh, yeah, and all yeah, that. Yeah, they definitely like had her pegged as a villain. Um, so, Adam's pretty much like, Moira, you're a woman. Why don't you tell uh, Evelyn the truth? You can understand her mind yeah. in a way that I cannot. Nope. Nope. The dudes couldn't tell her because they were like, Oh, God, the girl. Emotions! <sighs> um, but yeah, she's like, she, I called her a heartless harpy. She is like horrible she was she was just like straight up like hey that guy's not your dad (laughs) yeah and he like even tells her to be gentle and she's just like fuck that shit like dude kirby was your father yep like deal with it and she believes or she believes her automatically Mm -hmm. evelyn believes her automatically without like i don't know how much time has passed through like how long she's been there but if this random-ass woman, who you don't know, mm-hmm. who you've only offhandedly met twice, maybe, tells you something that contradicts completely what your trusted caregivers are telling you, yep. why would you not automatically question that? I don't know. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot that's, like, a problem with Evelyn, but... Her lack of questioning just really frightens me for women in that time period. Yeah. So Evelyn is crushed. Devastated. Yes. Like, lays down on the floor in the fetal position, devastated. Like, howling, crying. Yeah. And, uh, Moira just leaves her there. Yep. She's just like, alright, good talk. Yeah, pretty much. Bye. Deal with your own emotions. Yeah, so then she leaves, and then some point later, Adam's walking by and hears her weeping. It seemed like it was, like, an hour later. And she's still wailing. Yeah, it's not like, after an hour of being devastated about something, you kind of just calm down. You, you, You lose the ability to cry anymore. Like, you're still upset, and you're still numb, but you, you don't, you cannot cry for that long. I don't think I've ever met anybody who can cry for that long. And then he's trying to console her. He says he wants to buy her things to make oh, her Oh, yeah, because that's the only way that, that men know how to fix things is just throw money at it. Yeah. Okay, and then the weirdest time transition happens. Oh, yeah, where she suddenly goes off to boarding school. Switzerland boarding school. I think that Moira previously was talking to Adam about it, but it didn't seem like an important point. It was just like, when is this girl gonna go to finishing school or something? Yeah, you know? it wasn't even... It's like she... She just got there. We don't know how, how long time has passed. She's 16 years old. I don't know when girls are supposed to go to finishing school or anything like that, or even what the hell finishing school is 
four because who has ever finished? <laughs> I mean, it's not like you, you get done with school and you're like, okay, I'm done. Well, pretty much. And you go to finish school when you're done, you're ready to get married. Okay. So you have your coming out. <laughs> um, so Switzerland, she's there for two years. She sends him letters with blurry pictures of herself. Yeah, because obviously we can't know what she looks like when she's, like, growing up. But baby is growing up. Yup. And when baby gets back, she's legal. <laughs> she's 18. Oh, God, it's so terrible, isn't it? But ah. it's, okay, so while we're watching this movie, my fiancé Sam was with us, and he, like pointed out that if they're going to do, like, this age transition, they're going to need a different actress. Because this actress looked like she was 16. She really did look like she was 16. Mm -hmm. But no, it is not a different actress. It is the same actress. With an updo. With an updo instead of pigtails. Yep. That's how she she aged. And, um, Jean was how old? 17. 17. 17. I think, right? She was born in 1929, and this was 1940. Yeah, but I'll buy that she was 17. Yeah. I had to do math. I didn't outright say that she was 17. Okay, so Moira is in the car with Adam, and they're talking, and she wants to know where they stand. It's been two years, and she's like still, hey, you and me, what is this? Yeah, but it had been alluded to that they had been together far longer than just the time that we were introduced to them in yeah. the story. Like, they had been together for years before that because it had become, like, a running joke between their friends as to, aren't you guys married yet? Right. Or stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, when we first meet them, people were saying, why aren't you married? Yeah, yeah. So now, two years later, and she's like, hey, what's our relationship status? <laughs> yeah, it was just now that she's having the conversation <laughs> yeah. with him. Like, what do we call one another? Yeah. What what's my future what's my future freedom status? Yeah. Like what does that even mean? Are you not free? You know what? Actually, I think maybe No, no, no. She was previously married. She got divorced. That's what it was. She's Mrs. Somebody Somebody. Oh. I know. It putting it together right now. Oh, so she had been like having this this to do with Adam. Yeah. And then that's why she would be in the shadows all the time. Mm-hmm. Her divorce is finalized. Now that it's her freedom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. Because when she was talking about her freedom and all this other stuff, it's like, what? This I made, get it now. It made no sense. You know, they didn't explicitly say it, but they referred to her as Mrs. whatever her last name is. I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's just something that, like, we don't even think about. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> okay. How do we carry on after that? By Evelyn coming home. Evelyn. Oh, yeah, the big reveal. Oh, my God. So, they're, like, Bill Murray is running up the stairs <laughs> with, with her luggage. It, like, the, the, the cut opens up with a very tight close-up of the, the Switzerland sticker on her luggage mm -hmm. as he's running up the stairs. And then uh, Adam walks by as he's running up, pays no attention to him whatsoever and the amount of luggage that he's carrying. Um, I guess he's because he's reading a newspaper. And then walks into the sitting room mm -hmm. 
and like is his jaw drops. Yeah, she's not a little girl anymore. No, she's standing there with her hair all up and in heels, so she looks taller. Mm-hmm. But she clearly is still wearing a grown-up dress instead yeah. of little kid clothes. Oh yeah, because her her shoulders. Yeah, she came back with like sixty percent more shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> Like, every scene, we saw more shoulder. Yep. <laughs> like, progressively from this moment on, it was just like, okay, so we can see the V-neck, mm-hmm. kind of like semi, semi-open semi top area, and then the next one, she's like, slightly draped over the shoulder. Yeah, more clavicle. More <laughs> clavicle. <laughs> we need more. We need more. Okay, so, oh God, the tension, the sexual tension. I just want to gloss over that. <laughs> I just, that was just all, it was all gross. It was super just, super gross. It was just gross. And he even, like, kind of recognized that it was gross. Yeah. At some point, because he's like, we need to get you, like, to meet with, like, uh, people your own people age. People your own age, because people are going to talk. Yeah. If you stay here. Uh, he brings her breakfast in bed. And this is the part where, like, she's sitting up in her pajamas, and every time it cuts back to her, there's so much more shoulder. <laughs> yeah. That was hilarious. It's a shoulder drinking game. <laughs> Drink. He tells her that he's a gambler, but then, like, takes it back. Yeah, it's like he, he tries to tell her the truth, and then she, like, has this really, like, adverse reaction. And he's like, oh, no. No, no, no. I'm just joking. Yeah. I'd, I'd just gamble in the stock market. Yeah, so he changed his story that he's a stock market guy. He's a, he's a stockbroker, basically. Right. Um. So then, yeah, that's when we do have the, the gathering with people her own age. Yeah, which was really awkward, because he, he comes over and he gives drinks to everyone. It's just three people. It's two boys and a girl. Mm-hmm. Because he's obviously trying to, like, be totally open to her sexual preferences. Um, no, because the boys with one of the girls and the other boys with Evelyn. Oh, is that what it was? I just thought it was just like a free for all on her. Here like, go orgy. Yeah, like, like here, here can be all of your friends, and I don't know. That whole interaction was just weird. Um. So yeah, I thought it was another funny moment too. Um, Moira shows up, and they're all ready to go. They're just waiting on Evelyn. And then Evelyn comes out, of course. And then Moira gets to see her, and she's like, you've grown up. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, obviously you're gonna steal my boyfriend from me. Ah. It was like a total evil queen, Snow White kind of, like, weird moment where Evelyn is really, really sweet to Moira, and Moira is just like, fuck off, bitch. And, like, sashays out <laughs> and throws her little, like, mink thing across her shoulder. Although you did love her dress. Oh, I did love her dress. Her dress was awesome. It was so pretty. It had, like, uh, it was this really nice solid color in the front and then, like, had, uh, in the back for the train, it was this crisscross pattern. Yeah. And it was beautiful this train. beautiful train that just kind of billowed out, mm-hmm. like, from a triangle from her butt. Yeah. It was really nice. Right. And it was fitted, so. So they it. all, um... So, it's a date with the two guys, the girl, Evelyn, and um, Adam, Adam and Moira. Oh, Adam and Moira. So, they all the go chaperones. to the theater. We see them at the theater uh, during an intermission between the second and third act. And they're getting drinks. 
And then they all decide to leave before the third act. Because they've already figured out the it's play. A, it's a murder mystery. Yeah, and they've already figured, they've already assumed that they figured out who it was, which obviously when Adam asks the bartender what actually happens at the end, everyone except for him is wrong. Yeah, he's right. He is right. We had to delay that on thick, didn't right. we? So instead, they skip out on there and they all decide to go get dancing. Yeah, which was, I vaguely, because it was like, okay, they went dancing and then Moira was like, dude, I want to go home. She was old and tired, not like the young kids. But if she was old and tired, then it would it didn't make any sense that she would be like gambling at all hours of the t- of the day. I don't know. Um. So at this uh, dancing event, Adam's brother shows up, Roddy. Oh yeah, Roddy. Roddy is fabulous <laughs> in so many different ways. Right. So. Roddy takes uh, Evelyn to dance, and he's trying to be like, so, you like, uh, Adam's job and stuff? Yeah, like, but he always, his introduction is just, I was the problem child. Right. So many problems. I'm the skeleton in the closet. Yeah. (laughs) And we're like, oh, Roddy. (laughs) He was was attractive. Yes. Um, Adam was more attractive than he was, though. They look like they could be brothers. Yeah. For sure, they look like they could be brothers. Adam looks like, um, Carrie Elway's in The Princess Bride. He does, with, with a mustache, With a mustache. And darker hair. Yep. He does. Yeah, and that whole Britishness to him. The British air of... Yeah. Contempt. Um, she, Evelyn tells Roddy, like, oh, he's in the stock market, you know how it is, or whatever, and he's yeah. like, oh, interesting, yes. The stock market. Yeah. yeah. He, he is... Conniving. He's, he's snaking his way. I don't know why. I didn't know what, what his reason? purpose was or what his motives were. Like, with Moira, I didn't really understand any of her motives except for wanting to marry Adam. Moira was territorial. Roddy, I don't know. But even even her, ter- like, even Moira being territorial, it didn't make a lot of sense as to why she wanted, or why she was so angry when Adam said that he wanted to get out of the racket. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know her stake in the gambling. Yeah, it was just really weird. Like, I think she was getting a cut for bringing people. Okay, so she was who actually was bringing in the people and was uh, what the guys in the bar accused Evelyn of doing. I guess so. I don't know. It's very... That makes not- more. That makes more sense as to why she would be so invested in mm-hmm. him and in the gambling the gambling because i didn't really get the sense that she actually really like liked him or loved him she just loved the lifestyle i know someone was in the in the beginning i think someone was indicated that they were bringing some people in okay i'm not sure if it was her it would make sense if it was her yeah it would make complete sense if it was that's her. the beginning part where we we're learning everybody yeah it is too much Adam and uh, Moira were like, okay, we're going to leave you kids. Have fun the rest of the night. Yeah. So then at home, Adam is waiting up all night for for Evelyn. Evelyn, And she comes home drunk. Oh, yeah. She was totally enjoying her her champagne. Yeah. Champagne Champagne wishes and caviar dreams. They just wrote down awkward conversation. That's just, like, the whole back half of the movie. That's all I wrote was just gross. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Good notes. 
<laughs> like, it got to this point, and I was just like, it can't, it's gonna get worse from here on out. It's just gross, just gross. Yeah, because, like, she's super drunk, and she's getting close to him, and he's, like, pulling her close and being like, you and, shouldn't hang out with Roddy. Yeah, but then also trying to have, like, the sex conversation with her. Yeah, 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 because he's, he's the ward, He's going to be looking out for her until she gets married. So you're yeah. saying you can't hang out with these shady guys. And she's like, well, I already know what to do about these shady guys. Yeah, they told me in, in or- the orphanage. <laughs> and he's like, oh, they did now. Oh, God, it's so gross. Yeah. It, like, gets into this point of just not returning ever grossness. Just, just gross. That's why it's just gross. Uh, yeah. Okay, so then I guess some other stuff happened, but I don't really remember. At this point, I was just still, like, stunned at how disgusting and how far they actually went with that whole drunk conversation. Yeah. She even, like, gives him a drunk kiss on the forehead. Yeah, at that point, I was just like, <laughs> Yeah. But then, like, people start talking. Yeah. So they have a conversation about the rumors. Yeah. And she says, I don't care what they say, Adam. And he goes, but I do. Yeah, it was was the classic, uh, she doesn't care about what people think, but he totally does because that's that's his society and he can't give it up. That's his image. That's his image and he doesn't, he doesn't want that tarnished in any way. Mm Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it just, she, like, randomly all of a sudden is at somebody else's house eating breakfast. Yeah, it's not said at all, but... He puts her with somebody else to watch over her. A woman. Yeah. He She goes to live with a woman. Yeah. Babysitter, they say. It's not a babysitter, but... But it is a babysitter. Right. It's something more, you know, culturally acceptable that she's living with an older woman now, an older spinster, instead of him. Yeah. But they have this weird conversation about men taking an interest in her and, like... Try, uh, the the lady was trying to, like, coax it out of her that she really liked Adam, and that, I don't know, I got that from this scene, and it was just, it just... Well, she was, was talking about Roddy, because she goes out with Roddy a lot. Yeah. And she's like, how are you feeling about Roddy? Yeah, and but... she's like, he's fun. Yeah, but the, then she's like, well, what do you, I don't suppose Adam likes that too much, and she's just like, huh, I don't think, uh, I don't know what Adam wants or whatever, but she's, like, trying to coax her to tell her something. Nobody knows what's happening. Yeah. Well, actually, everybody knows what's happening, and everybody knows it's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> everybody but the two main actors. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is not okay. So she has been going out with Ronnie. She has dinner with him, and I don't know. Nothing happens there. Well, he, he, like, alludes to the fact that he's gonna propose. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) And then comes to Adam and is just like, dude, I need $3,000 for this business venture that is not so legal, and that's where the whole Adam's like, well, I'm thinking about getting out. And it just kind of sounded like he wanted to propose to Evelyn strictly so that Roddy couldn't... (laughs) I know I'm missing a few scenes, but I don't know if any, nothing happened except for the whole shaving and the mustache thing. There's some weird restaurant thing. I just don't like how people would show up at a restaurant, have one conversation about one thing, and then leave the restaurant. Yeah. I was like, why did you go to the restaurant? Yeah. (laughs) 
they're like, I'm done here. Check. I'm like, he didn't get anything. <laughs> you just have a glass of water on your table. <laughs> yeah. You didn't even touch that. So Adam goes out with Evelyn. Yeah, this is the one that was really short. Evelyn, he goes out with Evelyn to dinner, takes her out and being like, hey. Because this, at this point, Roddy has said, I want to marry Evelyn to yeah. Adam. So he takes her out and he wants to know how she feels about Roddy. And she goes, I'm not in love with Roddy. And then he's like, okay, check. Or something. Yeah. It was something yeah. like really weird. Like, I brought you here to talk about this. Oh, we talked about this. Okay, let's leave. Yeah. So weird. This whole movie was weird. Yeah. Okay, so then, then there's kissing. Disgusting kissing. I don't, it, like, they go, she, he, he drops her off at this lady's flat that she's staying at. And they, like, talk for a second, and then he kisses her on the forehead, right? I don't know. I think I blacked out. (laughs) (laughs) He kisses her on the forehead, I believe, first. And then... Oh, and then she gets the really close to him. Yeah, and And then then the moment happens that we knew was coming. No, yeah, yeah. I, like, pointed to you because the lighting was all set for a kiss. I'm like, they're gonna kiss now. Because it was, like, shot, framed, and lit. For a kiss. Yeah, it was that soft, I'm kind like, of nice, oh God. Uh, black and white kind of lighting that was just, like, doe-eyed, and both actors looked relatively amazing in their lighting. Yeah, and it was just like, oh no, oh no, you didn't. It was just... Then they kissed. And they, it was like a kiss. It was full-on smoochies. It wasn't like a, like a peck. It was a full-on, like, make-out session that they had. Ugh. There was definite tongue. Gross. I guess now would be the good, the opportune moment to to say that there were rumors surrounding this movie that the two actors were uh, having a little kissy kissy off screen. Oh yeah, they were they were canoodling in each other's trailers. Mm-hmm. Um, they kept denying it, but a year after this movie came out, they got married. Yep. And had a baby. And they were together for 10 years? And they were together for 10 years. So they met on this movie. Yes. They met on this movie as gross Governor and Ward. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It was weird. uh, Is this our third movie with a relationship like this? I think this is our fourth. God, what is wrong with this... Dynamic? Era of... uh, I don't know. I just want to understand that, like, was this something that was so common? Like, was this just a thing... Why, normally movies explore relationships that are at least relatively understood or yeah. connect, can, you can connect to. Yeah. Like, how disturbing is that thought? Oh, God. <laughs> Ugh. I don't know. I, think, I feel like we've had this conversation of where we have these very randy governors taking care of these. For serious. Yeah. <laughs> I did not see this coming as a theme. <laughs> Not for early romantic comedies. You you don't get that like feeling, but maybe that's where like this this standard comes from of the older man with the younger girl. Ugh, gross. Because that that's a big thing even today. Like when you, you they show the graphs of like the last mm-hmm. ten years of the the main actors paired off with their their co star as their female lead, 
and the ages of each yeah. of those. The actors are getting older, but the, the women, women are, are staying st- the same age. Staying the same age or getting younger. Yeah. Like, oh, it's so gross. I re- the, the dip between, um, I think it was Anne Hathaway and then to, to Jennifer Lawrence in the next, like, big romantic comedy was crazy. Mm-hmm. Because Anne Hathaway and Jennifer Lawrence are, like, eight years apart. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was still Bradley Cooper... Is Bradley Cooper or somebody else who where he stayed the same? He, yeah, he was like like fifteen years older than Jennifer Lawrence, but he was only like ten years older than uh, Anne Hathaway. Yeah, and that was Hollywood crazy. Hollywood is gross. <sighs> Hollywood is gross, but it's it's good that we we talk about it because yes. that that comes in like in psychology where you have that whole theme of when as guys get older they start to when they have their midlife crises, like, it's just, like, that commonplace of they go out, they find the younger woman, and there's always a woman who wants to, to go for that. Mm-hmm. Like, what does that say about our society or about our psychology? Yeah, and I know there are good, strong relationships with a big, like, age difference. Yeah. But nothing like where there's a power dynamic of person in charge of the other person. That is closer to rape. Yeah, it, it is. And it's like, it could be, can, like, where you kind of get into the, the Stockholm Syndrome kind of thing, where you have, you start to fall in love with somebody who's manipulating your life mm-hmm. for for so long. And I don't know. It just goes into this weird territory of what's acceptable and what's, not or what shouldn't like is it okay is it okay for for a a younger woman to seek an older man it would depend well if she holds that power right yeah i've heard stories of people where they're like the man is older but he's like less mature and the woman is younger and she's just like way more mature like and they kind of meet in the middle of like their mental age yeah i think it just there needs to be like an exploration of why we why we as women sometimes desire that that kind of dynamic because it's it's common it's common enough for it to be brought up well dudes aren't the most mature (laughs) no but i mean even as women cannot be i mean it's it's kind of just a there is that like fantasy yeah there's definitely the older man fantasy of he's gonna take care of you and yeah and it's always like when you're when you're younger and a teenager, you kind of experience that in a kind of a weird way, I think. Or at least you you fantasize it about it because of the boys around you. Because I guess it could be because women mature mm-hmm. faster, where you just have this weird dynamic that plays out that they can, can connect with an older person. So, like, the teenage girls would want, like, the college boys. Yeah, yeah, that's where I'm, like, kind of going with it but at the same time I don't view college boys (laughs) or or boys in their late 20s early 30s as being all that mature because society allows them right the whole boys will be boys yeah like it, it allows them to to kind of stay in this innocent immaturity kind of phase for a lot longer I right. don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Girls, as soon as, like, they're hit teenagers, whatever, you're a woman, that's it. Yeah, and you're expected to, to live by certain standards, you're not be allowed. Be proper, behave. Yeah, 
you're not allowed to let the the boy like uh you're not allowed to make any mistakes Mm -hmm. like I think you see that a lot with um victim blaming where I think a lot of it comes from the fact well why did she allow herself to be put in that position with with rape and stuff and see it a lot right now just paying attention to the the Blackhawks situation. I've been very frustrated with this and it's been on my mind a lot because you see professional hockey player, he's put himself in this position where he may or may not have raped someone. Mm -hmm. And you automatically see the boys come out to defend him. That she, uh, she put, did this to him. He, he could never, ever do that. And I think that that kind of plays into this whole dynamic of women are expected to be be older beyond their years because they're expected to not be at a bar at 2 o'clock in the morning. They're expected not to be dressed provocatively or to show off in a certain fashion. And it puts all the onus on them. Mm -hmm. Whereas the boy, it's like, well, he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. And it makes it even 10 times worse if they're famous, especially in... Patrick Kane's case because this isn't the first time that something like this has like come about. So you see these repeat offenders constantly. The women he was with were much younger than him, or she um, was in her mid twenties. They haven't released. At least I don't. How old is he? He's twenty eight, twenty nine. Oh okay. So he he's he's definitely in that age where this shouldn't be a thing like the fact that they've let this go on for so long because six years ago he got wasted and beat the living shit out of a cab driver over 10 10 cents he didn't have 10 cents and change so we beat him up four years ago or five four or five years ago again and he was in wisconsin he was hanging out um at this frat party he ended up getting kicked out of the frat party he then snuck into this sorority where he may or may not have done something wrong because then some frat guys came in pulled him off of this girl who he was supposedly choking and kicked him out and he's he's kind of starting to to show this pattern Mm. and no one is stepping in to kind of say, hey, you know, what you're doing is wrong. Because he's rich and famous. Because he's rich and famous and he's really good at what he does. And when I look at it, you see all these people who defend him because he is really good at what he does. Like, he is a phenomenal hockey player. I can say that even with how much it makes me want to puke how good he is. But why? Why is that a thing? Like, why is it okay for boys to be boys and girls to have to deal with that kind of thing? And I think this is, like, going back and seeing, like, the progression of, we've, obviously, we've had this many, we've Mm -hmm. had this kind of theme throughout, like, where does the art reflect life and where does uh, life reflect art? Right. Kind of side of it. And, like, how, how has this dynamic not changed over time? Because this is, it's a different setting and it's a different type of, like, power play, but it's still the same core dynamic essentially so like it's it's interesting that to see how much everything has changed as a way of like culture and society just based on the the little nuggets of history that we get from the movies but we also see how much it hasn't changed and how much more complicated it's gotten because it's definitely far more complicated now than it was back then because back then it was very straight cut, like, these are just things that you don't do, or if it is, 
if it you does happen, you, you don't talk about them. Yeah. Whereas now, like, people talk about them, but yet you get chastised for it. Like, no one believes you, or you're automatically guilty and proven innocent until proven innocent, or there is no, there is no conversation about the gray area. It's either he did it or he didn't, or she did it or she didn't, or Mm -hmm. there's none of that, well, something bad or something wrong happened, and this needs to be talked about. Right. It's never a conversation. It's always just blame and... I don't know. I think it just makes it worse. Yeah. It definitely doesn't help with uh, when people who want to come out and say things against, you know, other people. Yeah. Say they got hurt because they're going to get, you know. And it makes it ten times harder. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think, like, the conversation of where rape culture kind of starts and where it comes from. Because it, it doesn't just start with just rape. Yeah. There's there's things that, that make rape culture easier to exist than just the the horrible action of rape and I don't think people want to make those connections because it is such a horrible thing and I'm sure there are men who have experienced it just they don't realize it almost and or they can't say things because it would make them look bad they could lose like their in and their you know, guys don't have it easy. They got to work hard too, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. And if they start making a fuss, it's just like makes them look bad. So they don't yeah. want to make it harder for themselves either. Well, yeah. And it makes it, men have things hard just in a different way. Like they're expected to be strong and masculine and not be in touch with like their, or not show emotion in a way that's feminine or... Not be weak. Not be weak. Yeah. And I think that that also plays into where the 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 conversation needs to be had is that I think it kind of starts with boys who need to are are becoming like a serial rapist or at least thinking that they need to have that or they get off on that comes from being told that they have to be strong and they they have to lock off certain part of themselves that they may be feeling and it's about power it's about it, it becomes about power and that becomes the only way that they can feel that emotion. And like I th- I've said before, is we all want to feel love. And so love is some, one of those things that you can't always explain or understand, but you can understand it in your own way eventually. And that might be how they do. And our society makes it kind of okay in the end. Like it demoralizes a certain aspect and a certain gender in certain ways, but... I think if we actually sit down and have a serial, serious conversation about it, like, it's, it comes from that need for control and desire to get what you want because you've had to turn off this certain part of yourself for so long mm-hmm. that it becomes the only way is to just burst out. And it's not right. It's not okay. But I think we have to understand it. We have to understand, like... Women have to understand, they don't necessarily, I don't know how to say it without sounding, like, offensive, I guess. Um, rape apologists have to understand the woman's side of it, but we also have to see the the, the rapist's side of it. Like, because there's damage there. Mm-hmm. There's, dam- there's damage there that, that causes someone to overpower someone so much that way, in that way. And... There needs to be, like, 
You can't just say, like, this person has mental problems. Yeah. There's so much of that going around. Yeah. Like, oh, this person's mentally unstable. Yeah. And it needs to be a, like, it needs to be a conversation because everyone is mentally unstable. Like, no one, no two brains work the same way. Even twins, their chemical, chemicals are always different. Mm -hmm. No matter what. So, without having this, not, not having the conversation and constantly pushing that conversation aside creates this kind of Mm -hmm. we jump to anger too fast and should lead with compassion Mm -hmm. yeah i agree and i think i mean i'm not gonna say that i'm like the end all be all to to, ashley gets very angry ashley gets very angry um (laughs) and it's something that i tried to to work on because it's just it's that automatic kind of thing because i think that's where what i was taught as Mm -hmm. as a younger child that Anger is just, it's a constant emotion. It's always going to be there, and that's the, the quickest and easiest emotion. It's the easiest emotion for me to feel, which kind of sucks. Where Because I can automatically go to it. It's a lot harder to feel certain other emotions. But I think that that comes from just the lack of being able to show anger. Mm-hmm. It's the, the, the emotion that, that's comfortable or that... It's easy. It's easy. It's easy to be angry. It's not easy to be compassionate. It's not easy to show or to to think of someone else over yourself. Yeah. It's something that you really do have to work at and constantly remind yourself to do. And not everybody can do it, which sucks. Yeah. It's definitely a way to better yourself as a human. Yeah. But I, I, I think it starts with having open conversations and not jumping to anger, yeah. to being open to the, the, the communication. And it may take several tries, but I think it's something that has to happen. Because it, it, it would help to get rid of, like, issues like this, whereas women are essentially being manipulated into these relationships that they don't necessarily understand or know. Like, in this case, I don't feel like she knew this person at all. She thought she did, and she was kind of manipulated into this relationship. Holy cow, all the lies. Yeah, there were so many lies, and that, that's common. It is so common for us to lie, because it's easy. It's easy to, to lie, and it's easy not to be, to be honest, because if you lie about something because it's something you know how the reaction is going to be, mm-hmm. then you can kind of put things in a certain light that are better than what maybe the truth would be. And sometimes I don't think the whole truth can ever be known, because... Here's one of the things that kind of, like, people, people embellish. People don't, people see their own truth. So we're not, like, facts. Certain facts are not really facts. Unless it's, like, cold, hard, statistic, like, written down, math. And even then you can bend it. And even then you can bend it. But, like, we, we kind of get caught in this whole, well, what are the facts? Like, how, but everybody takes facts in a different way or find their own truth in, in certain things. So what's the truth can kind of, I think people are so afraid of other people's reactions. They're not, everyone wants a positive reaction. I guess this is the better way to explain it. Everyone mm-hmm. is so caught up in positive reactions no one wants to experience negative reactions, but we don't... Oh, like inside out. Like inside out. But we don't realize is, is we need those negative reactions to help, one, to help us learn, and to also, I think, negative reactions help 
bring out the positive reactions like inside out whereas a negative emotion became a happy mm-hmm. a happy a positive because you were able to experience that or she was able to experience that full range of her sadness and she was able to then experience what a, a support system is like or what um what it is to find the the, the happy out of the bad oh my god see inside yeah. out yeah <laughs> But it's, like, this whole experience where, as you grow up, you're expected to always be this, like, happy little kid and happy, 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 happy. You can't ever, like, experience negative emotions are horrible and they're mm-hmm. hard to deal with. But you can't, ex- you can't be happy all the time. I think that's what it was trying to tell kids, at least, is that it's okay to not be happy all the mm-hmm. time. And with the way that our generation, our generation kind of has it really bad is we were always expected to do well, to do well and to, to always be on this like even kilter kind of emotion kind of thing where you couldn't be overexcited about something or you couldn't be all over the place. Just be fine. I'm fine. Yeah. You have to be fine about it. Like everything has to be this like even kilter kind of in the middle, you can't be overly happy or overly sad, and if you're, if you are, there's something wrong with you, kind of thing, and so that has led to... Yeah, are you overexcited? Are you hyper? (laughs) Yeah, are are you AD... Oh, you're ADHD, we need to get you drugs, and it ends up with this generation that has so... these high expectations for themselves, but they cannot meet those expectations, ever, because no one ever taught them that it was okay to fail. Mm-hmm. And... Or how to, like, understand failure, take failure, and use it. Yeah, it, it's this neurotic kind of, like, environment that everyone has themselves in now where it's just stress, 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 and nobody knows how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And it leads to depression, it leads to anxiety, it leads to all these really, really high-risk things that aren't good for for people in general like it's okay to be depressed it's okay to be that but we've we're so afraid of it Mm -hmm. like depression is like the scariest thing to some people where they automatically think oh there's something wrong with me it's I I don't feel anything anymore or I, I only feel this or that and so we automatically have to turn to drugs in certain cases that's like that's okay but I think the automatic like switch like nobody wants to talk about it it's I'm depressed I need drugs kind of thing where I think it's starting to hopefully kind of be better for at least the next generation where it's weird how like these little itty bitty things all can connect like into into a bigger like study and how how like little snippets can grow into these really big issues like depression or um, anxiety issues or control issues can become these these bigger things down the line because nobody wants to deal with them Mm -hmm. and I think that's the that's kind of why things are the way they are right now at least where deal with your deal with it deal with it and don't don't bother me with it Mm -hmm. like I don't want to hear about your problems like yeah there's times where well it's because you're too busy hurting from your own problems that you can't express yeah okay yeah (laughs) you're listening to the cutaways podcast where we're teaching you how to be a better human 
Ashley, we need to finish this movie. <laughs> Where did we even stop? We stopped off at their first kiss. Oh, this okay. is what brought this whole <laughs> lesson was their first kiss. Well, it's a good lesson. The movie has got like 15 minutes more or something. <laughs> We're sorry. I'm sorry for tangents. No, I'm not. I'm that. Okay. That's gonna happen. Bring it back. They just kissed. It's gross. He goes back home. Moira is sitting in his apartment in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this was him breaking up with her scene, wasn't it? This is him saying, tomorrow will be the last game. I'm getting out of it. Oh, okay. But this was like, he was essentially breaking up with her. I don't know the dialogue. That's what it came off as because she was like huffy as shit. Yeah. Well, she knows, everybody knows what's happening. Like we said, everybody knows. Yeah, everybody knows. They don't want it to happen, but everybody knows what's happening. So then Moira starts plotting with Roddy. Oh, yeah, the weird phone call that, yeah. you know, between these two characters that have this never met. This is where it hit, like, super drama level. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up drama. Everybody's like, ah, On edge. I'm plotting. This is like the departed in 15 minutes. So the plot was... They have the final gambling thing at uh, Adam's house. Yes. And Roddy brings Evelyn over. Dun, dun, dun. And he, she opens the door. She, pretty much he said, oh, Adam wants to talk to you. Yeah, like she coaxed her over with not really anything. Yeah. But of course she loves him, so. So, um, she opens the door to the living room, and she sees the whole gambling racket happening, and she just freezes in the doorway, and she's just shocked, and Adam's there, and he's talking to his patrons, and he's walking around, and then he sees her, and he's just like, oh, what'd you do, Moira? So he goes up to her, I think he tries to, like, calm it down, he says, I gotta explain, because he wants to tell her this is the last time. Yeah. I'm getting out of this because of you. But she says, I never want to see you again, and then and runs out of runs there. runs out like a regular teenager would. Yeah, because she's a teenager. But then, uh, Adam punches his own brother. Oh, yeah, off screen. Off screen. This was like, he, he you hear the conversation, and he, and he's like, no, Adam, no. Yeah. And then he just They just him. walk behind the door. Yeah. You hear the punch sound effect, and he walks back. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, and then, like, he walks over to Moira, I think, and says something. Says something menacingly or something weird. Then we cut to uh, Evelyn outside with creepy dude. Right! In the dark, which you right. couldn't see. It was really. just this part, like, really, really, like, creeped me out. Like, I was getting traumatized watching this scene about oh. these two people in the dark. I was just like, oh, God, no, 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 no. That's how I felt watching it. I was like, oh, God. Well, there it, you couldn't really see what, like, he was doing yeah. at all. But at one point, he does scoot closer, and it looked like she was sitting on his lap. He puts his arm on her shoulders. It's oh, this yeah, creepy yeah. old guy from the bar who knows Adam and his affiliation. And I don't know what his plot was he was trying to get to Evelyn well he for... yeah he was like I want to I want to test her out for like a hot minute or something creepy know. like that it is what he said so creepy I was just yelling at the screen I couldn't pay attention to what was happening because because the visuals rape. I was just like oh god yeah it was bad but then we cut to inside and Bill Murray's looking out the window <laughs> was it Bill Murray I thought it was some other um, old guy I don't know. I thought it was Bill Murray. Can I just say it was Bill Murray? Yeah, you can just say it was Bill Murray. He sees the cops are gathering. 
So he tells them. But we think that he's looking outside to look at Evelyn. Yeah, because we don't know. We, they show us the shot of outside, but we have no context of what it is. It's just yeah. people in the dark. Because there are no exteriors in this movie except for that one. Yeah. In the dark, which looks like, like, like midnight. Yeah, so you just see people in the dark. And uh, he calls Adam over and he says, hey, look at this. And then Adam and Donald says, okay, everybody, there's going to be a police raid in a moment. Stay calm. You know what to do. Yeah, and everybody starts, like, flipping things over. Yeah, there's there's all these hidden doors and stuff, like a speakeasy, like, where they hide all their gambling chips. It's, I love that part. Oh, no, that was awesome. That was really cool. And I love that the the tablecloth, Mm -hmm. like, actually, they flip it over so that there's a pattern on it. And the the thing over the fireplace where there's actually a drawer hidden into the... Yeah, there's hidden drawers in the frame, picture frames, and, like, other things behind pictures. In the framing of the the fireplace and the the stucco framing. Yeah. And then uh, they also have, like, statues that come apart so they can hide stuff in. Right, so he tells one guy to play the piano, he tells another woman to sing. And then the cops come in. Yeah, the cops come in, and he's like, hey, we're just uh, music lovers. Yeah. Having a gathering. I know it seems weird. And old-timey for you. I know. And the cop's like, something's up. We were called... That there was gambling, we're gonna check it out. Yeah. Um, but then Evelyn shows back up, and Adam introduces her to the police guy. And the police after they have a weird moment, it's all weird. Um, and the um police guy's like, "Why did you run out of here? Was there something happening?" And she's like, "Yeah, there was gambling." Yeah, she, like, looks at him all innocently, like, she's not gonna say anything, and, like, is, like, what am I, what should I say, Adam? And then she's just, like, yeah, dude, there's totally gambling here. Yeah, she, like, does that whole, like, revenge, there was gambling. Yeah, dun-dun-dun, and it pushes in on her face. Yeah, so the guy leaves him alone for a second, because I guess he wants to check out the room some more. Or maybe interview people. Yeah, he wants to talk to more people, and, and I don't know. His, like, whole thing was, like, I'm just gonna stand here and not really do anything kind of thing. Like, they didn't search anything. They just kind of walked around. Yeah. They didn't, like, look at anything. He said they had a warrant to search. So I was, like, expecting, like, actual cop activity. Nope. And then um, Adam's like, well, what did you come back here for to tell him? I don't know. To tell on me or something along those lines. Yeah, and... Then it just goes on this weird, like, two-minute dialogue scene. Yeah, where she's standing on the stairs. She tells him that she loves him, that she wants to marry him. And he's like, no, we can't get married something. I don't know. And then she's, like, really concerned as to what's going to happen to him now. Yeah. Now that she's told the truth. Yeah, she tells the truth. Yeah, he gets mad. He's like, see what telling the truth will get you? Yeah. And she's like, are you going to go to jail? And he's like, no, they're just going to find me. Yeah, they'll just send me to court. Yeah. Nothing will really happen. I don't know, yeah. So they have that, like, whole, I'm arguing with you because we should be together. Yeah, I'm fighting for you. And then she's like, well, I liked your mustache. Yeah, yeah, that's how it ends. That's the button. (laughs) I I liked you better with your mustache. And then they kiss, and that's the end. Yeah. But it's like, first of all, she just totally screwed up the cop's own case by saying that she's going to get married to this dude. Because a wife cannot testify against her husband. And she was their whole case. Because they didn't find anything. They didn't search anywhere. They didn't do anything. 
I don't know. They really need to end the movie. They need her to find out, her to turn on him, and then... To turn back? Her to get the power somehow. Be like, I can stand up and for myself, and you can't win with all these lies. You've been lying to me, but I love you. Let's make out. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like she he learned a lesson at all. He no. kind of got a reward. He never had, like, a down point in this whole thing. No, at all. No. He's like, maybe I shouldn't, you know, get together with this girl I've been taking care of. Oh, I will. Yeah! (laughs) I don't care what people are saying now, all of a sudden. My love is too strong. It's so gross. Darling, that's lust. That's so gross. Do you think... I don't even want to think about their future, if you imagine them. They'll probably be together. Hey, it happened in real life with these people. Yeah, they were together. There was that age gap. Yeah, I think it's possible. I mean, for the time period, divorce was like a a scandal kind of thing, and you kind of were, like, considered a social pariah, almost, if you got divorced. Yeah. Or you got divorced but didn't, like, remarry right away. Okay, we should do uh, ratings. I'm gonna rate it one and a half creepy blurry photographs (laughs) that's perfect (laughs) i love it i give this uh two poker chips oh going on theme there you go i mean i kind of want to rate it lower but i mean like i didn't hate it i don't know i didn't hate it like i hated miranda i found it disturbing yeah it was disturbing um, I think Bill Murray saved it for me. <laughs> Just based on the fact that his name is Bill Murray. Yeah. That is the only reason this movie is rated higher. because <laughs> his name was Bill Murray. Next week, we are watching 1951's People Will Talk. Yes. Ashley's excited. I'm excited. It's got Cary Grant in it. We're gonna love this movie. Yes, we need, like... We need that leading man kind of presence to come back yeah. in our lives right now. I've been watching a lot of Supernatural lately, and I feel like after this movie, I need to be, like, salted and burned. <laughs> you can listen to us and download our episodes at thecutaways.com. Please leave us comments and rate us. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at Cutaways Podcast. Yep. Come talk to us. We'll be there. Maybe. I hope so. <laughs> no, we'll be there. Thanks for listening. Peace out, bro. Be a better human. Go hug somebody. Yes, please hug somebody after this. I'm sorry for the random rant. (laughs) Bye. Bye.